the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm a senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This is your NBA betting podcast kicking off the 2021-22 season. I'm joined today by professional better Raheem Palmer. Raheem, let the people know how you feel. I feel good. The NBA season starting today. We had a legendary season last year, so I'm, I'm happy to be back. Like I mean, football is cool, but it's a lot of variance. It's, it's a tough sport to beat. I think the NBA is, is, is the one, so I'm glad to be back. You're the congratulations on being the first person to ever be like, no, no, no. The NFL's got too much variance. The NBA is easier to bet. Congratulations. You're the first person <laughs> to ever say that. But I'm excited for it. I got to tell you, man, I haven't been this excited for a season in years. Like, I just don't remember the last time I bet. I, for whatever reason, I just, I'm excited for the basketball, even if the Nets dominate, even if whatever. Uh, I'm taking new approaches in betting. I feel like I, I'm in a better place to win money this season than ever before. Very excited. Uh, excited to have your help every week on this podcast to let you know the format, what we're going to do every week. Uh, the first 20 minutes, the first segment of the podcast on Wednesdays is going to be either me and Raheem, me and Brandon, or all three of us. And we're going to talk about whatever the news of the day is trends. Uh, we'll talk, we'll touch on some futures, whatever it is that we need to talk about uh, in the current NBA landscape with all the drama, drama, drama that always is throughout the NBA. Uh, then, the final segment of, of each Wednesday show is going to be best bets with me and Raheem. Raheem's going to give me three best bets and I'm going to basically kind of crossfire examine it and try and knock some holes into it and see if I can, if we can go through the process, it's going to be really helpful. It's hard on an NBA betting podcast to get actionable stuff to you. The biggest thing the Wednesday show is going to do is it's going to give you an insight into how to bet the NBA. That's what we want to do more this season. We want to tell you how to bet it, how to look for opportunities, how to find spots, all of that. And if you're looking for more information on that, you definitely want to download the Action Network app. It's absolutely the best way for you to track your bets. You get up to the second information on line movement, on where the money's coming in, and where, where we're tracking sharp signals. For instance, a good example of this, there's a huge amount of over money coming in on the over as we record this this segment on tuesday morning for nets and bucks on tuesday night the over has 91 percent of the money but the line is dropping so what does that tell you so you want to find more about that plus all of our articles information picks you can follow raheem in uh the pick segment to follow all of his nightly nba picks as well as his NFL stuff, which is always great. He's on the NFL podcast Monday and Friday with Brandon Anderson. Um, and Raheem and I will be on Heat Check. It's a live show we do every Wednesday at 6 o'clock Eastern. Uh, you'll be able to find it on the Action Network HQ Twitter handle. Check that out. It's This week it's me and Raheem and Preston Johnson, Sports Cheetah. We'll be going over the slate, finding our best bets for the night. Make sure to check that out. Check out all the great podcasts on the network. I mentioned the NFL podcast. That's the Action Network podcast. Just search for Action Network podcast. Uh, you can find that. We've got a new football podcast that you can check out. Uh, we've got Fantasy Flex podcast. We are going to have 
we got our big bets on campus podcast, which covers college with Stucky and Colin. Love that podcast. We've got so much great stuff on the Action Network. Hope you're joining us. Excited to get started with you. Now, enough of the small talk, Raheem. Let's get into the details of how to bet the NBA nightly. Um, so let's start here. You've built a statistical model, mm-hmm. which is what most professional bettors use to anticipate yeah. what the line should be night to night for these games. I first have to ask you, what did you, what did you, you went to Penn? What did you major in at Penn? I did marketing. So okay. how the hell did you learn how to do a model? Like it's not the hardest thing in the world. I'm just uh-huh. curious about how you, like, it's not in, insanely complicated. I, there's lots of guides out there. How did you build a model? Like I went to Wharton, which is like the, the, the business school at UPenn. So you kind of had to have like a math heavy background. So okay. you, you start off and you take, you take your finance, you take your stat 101, stat 102 um, account and all of that. All the shit that I just wasn't interested at the time. <laughs> right. But I was into sports. So when I took stat 101, they're teaching you how to make a regression model. And they're using examples from baseball. So like when I first started betting on these parlay bets at Delaware Park in 2009, like I'm doing it for fun. And then at some point I'm starting to take it more and more serious. And it got to the point where I was like, Oh shit, I need a model. I need to figure out a way to, to, to come up with the number. So I went back to all my stat one one and stat one Oh two stuff. And then I learned how to build a model and um, uh, something called J and P, which is what we use back here. That's how long I graduated ago. So after that, I'm like, oh, shoot, I need to take some online classes. So I start taking some online classes on um, Coursera and I'm just doing a lot of reading. I'm spending summers in the library. Like it's just getting more and more serious for me. And eventually I just taught myself how to make something. And then I know during the, like at first I was using Excel. And then at some point, like I think during the pandemic, I had nothing but time. So I taught myself how to code in, in, in R, nice. which is like what a lot of people are using now. Yeah, everybody uses R. Yeah. Um, so give me the elevator pitch for your model. What is the objective for your model? For me, it's just the to come up with a number. And it's kind of like my model has a ton of flaws. And I think everybody's model has flaws, but my model was at the team level. So I kind of have to manually adjust like when somebody's out. And I think that comes from just watching a ton of basketball. Like for me, I've always had a guy like Kyrie Irving pegged for what he's worth. And that hasn't been much for, for most of his career. So while the market might overreact to him, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not even accounting for this. That's really interesting. Specifically to me, this has been like a point of contention. So uh, most, it's interesting that yours is built on team base. Most of the models out there, folks I've talked to are, are they go ground up from the player level because yeah player the idea is that players are more influential in the nba than they are in other any other sport which i don't think you can really disagree with like yeah are mm. however i find that oftentimes the model uh, those kind of models ignore some of the factors and i've written about this mm-hmm. about how i mean you know you and i've talked about a lot about this if a player is out I think that there is a negative effect in terms of the talent loss but oftentimes there's two things that i think are really important one uh, the team operates in the same way. Like your identity very rarely changes, even with a key, even if it's a star player, 
the Lakers are still going to be defensively focused because Frank Vogel's their coach and they built a roster that's built around the idea of defense. We'll see how it goes this season, but that's been mm-hmm. the idea, right? Yeah. We saw the Lakers have the number one defense in the NBA last season without LeBron James. LeBron's a f- phenomenal defender. So if LeBron's out, why wouldn't that take this massive hit? And that's because of this. The other thing is there's a motivational factor. And this is like mm-hmm. a big key is once you get past the first two months of the season, mm-hmm. The biggest edge to me in NBA is who's got more motivation. Who is like, we want to win this game versus the other team. It's like, I just want to get to the next game. I just want to get to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I just want to get to the end of the season. Mm -hmm. We're we're tanking. There's no real reason. I'm just like, I'm only here so I don't get fined. All that stuff, right? Like motivation is such an edge. And if you have a guy missing, the player that steps up has a huge reason to perform. He's one in sports. Just this is just like a sports thing. Like, hey, we need you tonight. And like that gets you pumped up. Like there's a there's like an inspirational edge there. And that was like the that's like the very um, fairy tale narrative. But Mm -hmm. then I talked to coaches two summers ago and I asked them about this. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, here's the other thing, Matt. Agents will call that guy before the game and be like, hey, you're starting tonight. You got a contract coming up. This is a huge opportunity for you to boost your numbers and for you to show that you could be a starter in this league. So now all of a sudden that guy goes out there and he's like, Kobe, like, yeah, he's trying to get, get his because, you know, and, and maybe he's, he's a role player and he's just trying to play extra hard to show his value, but whatever it is, like, these are the things that doesn't account. Now that doesn't mean I think that in all situations, the absence of a player puts value on the team that's missing them. Yeah. I think that it has to be contextual, right? Yeah. If the Nuggets are missing Nikola Jokic, you should probably downgrade them more than if, you know, the the Nets are missing James Harden. Yeah. Like, those are just different kind of things. So, yeah, I, I think I think we forget because the NBA takes these players and puts them into a role. But all of these guys were the top guy in their high school, the top guy in their college. Like there's only 450 NBA slots. And if you go ahead and watch, like Mike James is playing in like the Euro league right now. Yeah. Dude is like the, the, the best scorer on the court. So it's just like, you see when Harden is out or Kyrie was out when he was with the Brooklyn Nets, it's like, yo, he's going off. It's like all of these guys have, individual ability to score, but we forget that because they're placed into this singular role as a a shooter or a defensive minded guy, they can step up when the time comes. So I agree with you to a certain extent. I think there are certain guys like, like LeBron James, he's, he kind of, he kind of leaves his team hamstrung. Yeah. So he's so used to like, or even James Harden, they spoon feed their team so much with their ball dominant style that, Without them in the lineup, it's like they're almost crippled because they don't know how to play any other way. So I just think you got to find guys who, you know, maybe they just fit. Like Kawhi Leonard's a good example. Like you look at the 2019 Raptors season, I think they were 17 and five without Kawhi Leonard because Uh he wasn't the engine. He was just the guy who stepped in and scored. And you get a discount on those numbers a lot of time. Now, I think the other way is like, I think there are opportunities where... I think there are players that don't move the line because most of the time the books have said like LeBron will move it more than any other. I've seen him. Yeah. I've seen him move it like five to six points, which is that's a little bonkers. Like even yeah. for LeBron, that's nuts. Just based on the number. Most of the time, like Paul George is like three and a half, right? Like that's yeah. like a all-star all NBA level guy will move it three. Kawhi moves at three, three, three and a half ish. But there yeah. are guys that just like, it won't, 
the model won't move because they're not they don't impact it in terms of any sort of like their on off court numbers are important but and this is where I, I do think there's edges like if you're missing a guy and like you know thad young's bouncing around right now but mm-hmm. if you're missing a guy like thaddeus young for the bulls who is really crucial for their plus minus like those are the type of opportunities i look at and i go look they hold up these bench units or they hold up these starter units or they hold up these staggered units and mm-hmm. that's an opportunity um the clippers are a good like I don't know if you watched the Clippers last year, but the Clippers were a really good example be, because what for whatever reason, when Ty Lue took over, he implemented more ball movement. They were shooting at three a ton. So Paul George and Kawhi Leonard would sit out, and they were still right. winning games. There was, there was a, um, a game against the Miami Heat. I think they the Clippers were favorite. Then it's announced Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are out. They're seven-point dogs, and they went outright with Terrence Mann and Amir Coffey against the Miami Heat starters. And it's it's funny because Miami struggled to score, but even without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they still had enough scoring with Nick Batum and Terrence Mann and and um Marcus Morris that yeah. there was an edge there. So I think you kind of gotta look at you still gotta look at the individual matchups, even if you have these guys out. All right. So before we get to the individual matchups, I want to ask you this. Your your model spits out a number. It's you've got weights in there for various factors. Mm-hmm. At what point, let's say that both teams are fully healthy, right? What's the threshold for the differential between your number and the line to where you think it's playable? I'm looking like probably around three points, maybe, maybe two. Like it just, it just depends. Right. Um, Cause I'm always looking at what the public is on too. So anything over three is like, I'm definitely playing. Um, there's times where my model is so far off from what the market is. And I'm like, you know what? I'm missing something. Let me throw this out. And that's the scariest ones. <laughs> so you mentioned the matchup, right? So you've got the number, you've got the number, you start doing the research on your bets. How do you avoid confirmation bias where it's like, okay, the, you know, my model's got this and I'm getting 2.8 edge and you're writing that, that kind of close to the spot, a little bit over, you know, over two and a half, you know, and you start looking at the data, and there's going to, you know, this, like we've written these game guides, you can find, especially this is one of the things that I struggle with. If you tell me, and this is just my experience as a writer, this is where mm-hmm. like the betting mm-hmm. side is tough for me. If you tell me to make an argument for any team, I can do it. Like if you're like, Hey, I need 500 words on why the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to beat the Memphis Grizzlies on Wednesday night. I could do yeah. it. I could be like, well, okay, look, you know, the Grizzlies have the Grizzlies uh, transition defense fell off at the end of the season. They got Garland and Sexton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mobley's interior defense should jam up Jaron Jackson Jr. just as a base. Like that's a good matchup level. Yada, 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 yada. So I can find like all these like data points and matchup specific stuff. How do you avoid confirmation bias where you go in and you're like, I know which side I want. How, how do you avoid getting that? That's what the model does for me because it's yeah. just like the model doesn't lie. It's the number is always there. So, and it's, it's always on. Like as much as we watch basketball, there's things that we're going to miss. So I try to, make sure like the number matches like what I'm thinking. And I think that helps eliminate some stuff. So sometimes it's just, I like a game. It's just like my model is just like, yo, this is off. So I kind of stay away from it. I think that's the biggest thing that helps me. Okay. So let's ask, ask this now we're starting the season off, right? Yeah. Everything's fresh. We got preseason data, but you know, uh, some interesting stuff and Preston Johnson kind of mentioned this. There's been some interesting stuff about preseason data and how it relates to win totals, et cetera, but you can't use preseason data to model. I don't think. Yeah. So 
going into the season, is your model active now? Do you have projections or oh, no? I just I basically have last year's stuff, and okay. I have to like manually adjust. So, so how long? Like I'm, I'm I'm straight I'm straight handicapping. Like I, I honestly, you give it a, a, like a week, two weeks, and it's cool. Okay. So it's two weeks. It's, probably, it's kind of like the yeah there. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's what I was going to ask is like, how long does it take to get a sense for how long the, the model is? Um, so I, I don't know that I'm testing. I wouldn't even necessarily call it a model. Um, mm-hmm. I am using, uh, I've messed around with some stuff. I'm trying to approach it. It's funny. Cause like I'm doing this, I'm doing something similar to you just from the perspective of um, mm-hmm. I'm trying out team centric data. Yeah. I'm focused in on transition and half court data how these teams perform in those various sets, because this is one of the differentials half court offense is always a more sustainable thing. You can't really control. You, you can control how much you run, mm-hmm. but you can't control how much the opponent turns it over. You can apply pressure, but if they just out execute you, that's out of your control, et cetera. So I'm trying to get an idea of this. So I've got like last year's numbers, which is, it's actually providing like an interesting thing to start from Yeah. Um, on a lot of this, because like when I look at, at the numbers that I've got, going in to this thing like you get i get interesting kind of results like and mm-hmm. it's been good because on eye test like i've ran it backwards and it's it came out well on last year's last year's results mm-hmm. and then like net box is basically a pick them which that's where the line is i've got the lakers as one i've actually got the lakers as dogs on t- on tuesday night now we're this podcast comes out after tuesday mm-hmm. nights so we're not going to talk about that but I just kind of wanted to see from you, you talked about the model. When do you go again? Are there any times when you go against the model or is it strictly a no play? If you look at all the contextual factors in the matchup and you're like, nah. Oh, there's definitely times I go against my model. Um, and a lot of times because it's a team model, it may not account for an injury to a certain guy or like my, my model can't see that. All right, this team is on a seven-game road trip or something like that. So it's just like I have to pick my spots there. Like I think there was a time last year where the Phoenix Suns were on an East Coast road trip and they played the Sixers, the Celtics, the Knicks, all in like a span of four days. So they, I know they beat the Sixers. They didn't have Ben Simmons that day. That was a game where Embiid threw the shot. Um all the way from he they, the Sixers were down three, and B catches the rebound and throws it um, all the way to the court and almost makes it. Two days later, they played the Celtics. I'm all over the Celtics. My model likes the the Suns because that's just a situational spot. So I'm really I think the NBA is really really big for those situational spots. You got to know road trips. You got to know is this team playing back to back? Is they're playing three and four nights? Are they playing the Clippers right now? They have the longest road trip of the season. They're going to go through a period where they just don't have it. And I think you got to know that. And I think situational handicapping is probably one of the biggest ways to make some money in the NBA. We saw last year, like I, I'm new to the company. I've probably been here about a year, year and a half. But if you look at Justin Fan, he makes a living off fading those injuries. And you don't even need a model. For that. Yeah, Justin. And this is always the thing is like, is like, and, and Justin's a better, better than I, like, I'm all totally willing to admit that Justin's a professional better and Justin kills it just by the minute that that injury news comes out. That's when he's hitting these lines. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, if you want to follow fantasy labs, NBA, we're, we're going to have all the information like mm-hmm. for you on that Twitter account. And that's like the quickest way. It's like get those injury alerts and then hammer those lines when they first come out and you will find spots, right? Because I think this is a lot of it is I'm trying to find spots where, the book has accounted for something 
like this is why I think is always is one of the things that uh, new betters struggle with is I think I think new betters are always trying to be like, um, well, you know, I don't think like the the model or the books account for this. Don't think that like the books. The only way you're doing that is if the book has not gotten to it yet. Like you have to beat them in terms of speed because yeah. this is like, you know, what as a Brandon always says, the buildings in Vegas are, are beautiful for a reason, whatever. Like, yeah. That, that's part of it, right? Is mm-hmm. this is one of the things that when I first started action that I really discovered using Bet Labs, which is one of our tools that you can use to build trends, yeah. is the, you know, oh, they're on a back to back. Man, that's in the model. Like they had yes. that. They've been studying yeah. this forever. They know the back to back. They know the three and four. They know the six and nine. They know the rest of the situations and they know how these teams perform relative to that. It's so, priced in. Yeah. So unless you were, you were actually, now I will say that there's differentials here because one of the things I found with like the Celtics under Brad Stevens, mm-hmm. um, this is like a good example of using contextual information against the line. Uh, I listened to this Jim Rome interview with, with Brad Stevens one day when I was on shift at CBS and cause I was like doing like aggregation and Stevens like shocked me. Cause he was like, he said this, he said, you know, those back-to-backs are a schedule loss. And so if we convert those into wins, that's a high opportunity percentage for us to convert what should be a, a knock against our record into a plus. Mm-hmm. And then I started looking at how good Brad Stevens' teams were as a dog on back-to-backs, and he was remarkable. Like, yeah. I miss Brad Stevens already for the back-to-back spots because yeah. he would beat the line consistently. Mm-hmm. Because he would be like, this is a game we really want to win. Again, that motivational factor. So it's understanding those kind of things and those spots where the books are going to say like, all right, they're on a back-to-back, so this is what we're looking at. But if there's specific teams that outperform that, maybe that's like an area where you have an edge because it beats the overall trend, which is what the books are banking on long-term. They're fine with you taking these mm-hmm. small wins because over the long run, they're going to beat the entire the entire betting base on those numbers. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, look at the Phoenix Suns last year. They were dominant on back-to-backs. And I think some of that had to do with Chris Paul saying, look, I'm I'm building a culture here. This is a new team that I'm with. I'm We're trying to win all these games. Um, I think one of the things that I like to look at is, see, I approach sports betting like it's a multiplayer game. It's not just me versus the books. It's right. me versus everybody else in the market. Yeah. And. I think that's why it's important to, and I don't, I'm not really into blindly fading the public, but I, I do want to know what the public is on and where they're creating value. So there's times where if I like the under, even though I'm betting early in the morning, I'm going to wait for the public to push that, that number up. If I think they're going to be on an over and then I may wait until around game time to take the under. So it's just like I'm playing against everybody else and I'm trying to use what everybody else thinks to my advantage. Yeah. And I'm it's funny. I've always been a a mass better. And that's been one of my problems. That's been one of my downfalls. It's like I just wind up betting too much. And Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to narrow it down this season. I will tell you. So um, can, can we debate for a minute? Yeah. I want to get the totals before we get out of here. But first, um, you're a sharp better. You're a pro better. Mm -hmm. And you're willing to take the small Vegas fine as long as you're not getting hit for like minus 130. As long as you're not paying more than a dime on it, I think you're probably, yeah. you know, you can find a line that, where you're getting a, get only paying a dime. Um, I will tell you this I am going to be playing a lot of round robins this season because it allows me to get plus numbers when I feel like I can hit. And I, I'm, I, I'll tell you this too. I used to, I, I haven't played money lines. I don't think enough 
mm-hmm. give it. Like, I was rethinking my entire approach this summer. And one of the things I was thinking about was like, look, we have pretty good models. I'm like, the NBA is stratified. Yeah. Like, but the teams sink into these groups of, you know, more often than not, the top teams are going to beat the middle teams and the bottom teams, and the middle teams are going to beat the bottom teams, and the bottom teams are going to lose to those top. So, and that's priced in, but if you can find small edges and small opportunities, find, you know, some spots where you think the money line is maybe good value. Don't bet all underdogs, but I wanted, I, I think I want to do more round robins. How long would you say that they've been in the marketplace? They've been in the marketplace for as long as I've been betting. Like I was betting at Delaware Park in like 2009. Right. Um, and they actually had round robin like there. So I've always remembered them. Right. I'm not saying like it's like two years old. I'm saying mm-hmm. I, I don't think that it was a very, mm-hmm. especially with the expansion of sports books. You yeah. know, and especially with some of these numbers, because the books are one of the good things about the expansion of sports betting in the country has been that the books have to be a little bit more competitive. Like yeah. Why you should shop at CB at Action Network. You will mm-hmm. get like we've got compare odds tools where you can find where the best book is to get that best number. And so they mm-hmm. have to be there's some books that are just ridiculous. Right. Where you're looking at them and you're like, man, why am I you know, I'm paying minus 130 for the same line. You know, like what? Why, why am I paying? Um, why am I paying a dime or minus one twenty? Like, why am I paying a dime more on this for the same yeah. line that's everywhere else? Well, I'm not getting any sort of advantage on the number. Even um, tell me why not to do round robins. Tell me why not to. I mean, for me, I'm not really big on parlays anyway. Just yeah. because, look, if you lose one game, you're done. And I, I just don't think on a night to night basis, if there's ten NBA games, you have an edge on that many games enough to where I need to put them in a parlay. So it's just even around Robin, it's just it's, it's tough for me. But if you want, to, if you're a recreational guy and you want to take a shot, I don't have a problem with it. But for me, I'm looking to hit singles and trying to break that the break even rate of fifty two point three eight percent. I think I just think it's hard enough to hit one game. So I'm just I'm more conservative these days. I mean, that's my thing is whenever I get this, but this has been my problem, right? Is whenever I go, if I, if I narrow it down, I'm like, I'm only gonna bet two games tonight. Mm-hmm. And I put a ton of work in mm-hmm. and then I miss on that game. It's yeah. brutal to me. Cause I'm like, no, like, I was, especially, and you know, you know where I'm going to say here, the shooting variants where I'm just like, no, I can't like, I capped this right. Like, yeah. I know I had this game and then they shot like they made 10 three pointers in the third quarter and they shot they made like 10 the rest of the game. And mm-hmm. I wind up losing because of this crazy ass result night to night that drives me nuts. So yeah. for me, the reason I'm, I've been and I, I started playing it last season a little bit. It's mm-hmm. I'm not going like three teamers. Right. I'm yeah. going two teams, four bets, two teamers. OK, you break even on three or four. Mm-hmm. You're a little down on two of four. That and, makes sense. And and look, I'm not bit, like, listen to Raheem. I am telling the listener right now to listen to Raheem. He's a <laughs> professional better. But you, right? I, I think the one thing, you know, the one thing I, I did realize about parlays is that you actually can save money in the sense that, all right, if you're doing a 14 parlay, you might put $100 on it or $20 on it, $50 on it. Whereas just if you bet four games, and you bet $100 a piece or $50 a piece, you could open yourself up to having some really bad days as opposed right, right. to just having some fun. And so, but I just think long-term, you're going to win more if you're just trying to just hit those singles every night. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to do a mix of both. Like I'm on Warriors money line for Tuesday night with Gilbert Wilson as Wednesday. Yeah. Well, you're already wrong. Um, I'm actually on, I'm on that too. Um, but I also like, I mean, if, if you guys are hearing this, you're going to hear it late, but I like the Warriors first half just because I want to isolate the Lakers second unit. They're dealing with a lot of injuries, mm-hmm. Talon Horton, Tucker, Tucker. And I just don't think the Lakers are going to come out strong um, after not playing together in preseason. So I like how we, you're doing a, I like how you're doing a preliminary victory lap. I just wanted to, like, that's what you <laughs> I hope I'm right. If I'm wrong, then I'm going to look foolish. <laughs> um, okay. So this has been, this has been instructive. Um, Raheem, your model is going to be published on action, right? Yeah, it's definitely going to be published on action. We're going to do Wednesdays. I know last year we did Wednesdays and Fridays, but the NFL is so busy right now. We're just going to do Wednesdays for now. And then when NFL season ends, we'll probably do Wednesdays and Fridays. Okay, so you're going to be able to get his numbers and, and take a look at those. Maybe on the lookout for that. As the NFL wraps up, you'll get more and more information. Before we go, I think there's some things that we got to talk about, actually. I think you guys have to start betting early. The NBA is more so about timing. So one of the best ways that I get an advantage is that if you're on the East Coast, you got to wake up around 7 or 8, and you want to be available for when the market's open because I think that's when you see most of the value. Um, if you're not catching it early in, in the morning, you want to – I, like, I kind of do this in shifts. So I'm betting early in the morning. I'm trying to catch those numbers. And then I'm coming back towards the end of the day when the injury news hits. And I'm making adjustments based off of that. So I think that's one of the key things. Obviously, with totals, you 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 want to know the pace of these teams. Are you Is it a fast team playing a slow team? Are they on a road trip? Are they going to slow things down? It's just all strategy and a lot of reading. You're, you're a big believer in the you're a buyer at eight and a seller at 12 yes with totals does that same principle apply with the nba given the variance oh yeah without a doubt okay so yeah so if you've got like right now nets box has dropped it was 235 it's 233 and a half if you're a buyer on the under now and it gets to 228 are you a buyer on the over at that point? Like, what's the, what's your range there? Like, what's the, I mean, is it just entire, I know you got the model. I'm just trying to understand, like, at what point is a drop appropriate for you to bet? I think it's game by game too, because there's certain teams to where it's just like, I, I don't really want to be on this under. Right. Um, but I, I think a five point drop, a seven point drop, it's like, it's, it's so funny because there were people talking yesterday about the Tennessee Titans game where, Tennessee Titans versus Buffalo Bills. And there are a lot of professional betters who was just like, you know, if this gets to six or it gets to seven, I have to step in, right. even though I don't want to. Yeah. And it's, Simon it's, talks about that a lot on the favorites with Chad. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's like that for the NBA to where it's just like, you know what? Damn, this, this moved to six, seven points. And you'll see it, it get resistance. Like there's times where literally I'll be on a game and it'll move six, seven points. And I'm like, damn, should I come back on this? <laughs> so you mentioned the, the timing of it i think it's also interesting so this has been my experience at least with the u.s books mm-hmm. um you'll if it's not a back-to-back and there's not a lingering injury question mark that they're waiting on mm-hmm. you can get lines usually between seven eastern and eight eastern mm-hmm. the night before so if you're watching games yeah you know you can keep action network up and put notifications on and then as soon as something drops or it moves, you'll get an update on that line. And that way you'll be able to know, you know, hey, this this just hit. You can be watching games and just be looking at next at tomorrow's lines. 
to me, I actually think that maybe morning, do you not think that morning is a little bit late? Cause that's my concern is I think the dead zone is honestly, and part of this is cause I'm on my mountain time, right? Like I get up at eight, that's 10 Eastern, but that time East coast has already hit it. And so, yeah. I, you know, for me, I, I think it's gotta be night before and then 30 minutes. I, if you're, if you're new to betting and you're like, well, when, when should I bet? If I'm going to bet before the game. Cause I want to be sure on the injuries. Mm-hmm. one don't ever bet Sixers games ever in your life ever just don't do it that's <laughs> what you're worried about don't do it because Joel Embiid yeah. can literally be yeah he's good to go oh nope he's not he's not starting mm-hmm. like he's just not out there um two the teams are required this was a change from t- from a couple of seasons ago that I actually reported on um teams are required to file their starting lineups and in avail in inactives 30 minutes prior to tip-offs the coaches actually wanted 45 the league mm-hmm. 30 so 30 minutes before you should quote unquote get notifications from you know various accounts and including fantasy labs NBA of who's available, who's in, who's out, who was day to day. Um, those are kind of things to watch. A lot of this is you just gotta get feel. If a guy yeah. was out and upgraded to questionable, he's usually gonna play. Like yeah. that that move from out from out to questionable usually indicates that the guy's gonna play. There are exceptions to that, but that's like been my experience is if he's upgraded to questionable morning of, there's a good chance he plays that night. Yeah. Um I mean you're on mountain time, so and I actually had this problem when I was in Vegas. Like the, I think I went to Vegas in 2019 and I just was I, I think I was out there for like two, three weeks. And I kept waking up around 9 a.m. and I'm like, what the what the hell is going on? Like all the numbers are gone. And if I woke up at around the same time on the East Coast, like I say, it's just like the numbers will be there. So it's just like I like I think the sweet spot on the East Coast is like around 7, 8 a.m. Really just be ready for nine. Like if if you're ready at 9 a.m., I think you're good. Also, I think the 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 issue some people might have, like bigger betters, is that the limits are lower um, the night before. Like that morning time is it's the best time for me. Um, like I, I just, I like, it's nothing like waking up early and you seeing the markets actually open. Um, also, it's like, like last night, there were some markets that didn't even have the Warriors first half. So right. like, that's an issue for me. Like the first half markets won't even be open. I had this problem because I, I was betting a lot of team totals and I'll still do that. Like I'm going to be yeah. on uh, for Wednesday night. I'm going to be on the Suns team total over 113 and a half versus the Nuggets team totals. It's late. Like, I mean, it's those sometimes won't even pop up until the afternoon. Yeah. Like those are, those are more precise bets, but if you're looking for those, you're going to have to be late. So look, if you, if you want to bet consistently, you need to be able to carve out time. Like this is a challenge for me all the time. Right. Cause like I got two kids. So mm-hmm. I'm like making dinner at five, which is seven o'clock Eastern. So like I'm in the middle of making dinner when I'm getting injury updates and I'm like, crap, I'm on this game. And so-and-so's out. I got to get back on the other side while I'm stirring the spaghetti sauce. It's a challenge, but that's yeah. the life. Um, all right. Second segment here on our Wednesday NBA betting episode. We're recording this now, actually time jump. We're recording this on Tuesday night after those sweet, sweet Warriors tickets cashed. Very excited about that. I was texting Raheem during the game because we were both watching the same thing as the Warriors clank threes. And we're like, I asked him, I was like, do we fire now? And he didn't see it. And then I grabbed it 310 at half. I was hoping he wouldn't say, nah, that's not the play. But you you were like, you said you liked it. So I feel okay about it. The crazy thing is I actually fired right before half. 
Yeah. And I was mad because at halftime, I could have got a better number, but I fired already. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I, I bet at FanDuel, it was 310 at the start of half. It was 265 by the end of half. Like wow. almost 50 cents on yeah, it. Yeah, I got I got 250. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it dropped like a stone. When I saw that 310, I was like, come on now. The Warriors missed too many shots. Like this is this is within range. So uh good start to us here on buckets. All right. We're going to do best bets for Wednesday, and we're going to use it as a vehicle to talk about Raheem's process for betting and about how to bet the NBA nightly. Raheem, give me your first best bet, and then I'm going to cross-examine it. Okay, I'm going to go with the Washington Wizards, Toronto Raptors, over 218 and a half. I think this total is way too low. This Washington Wizards team, they can't defend at all. Last year, they were about 20th in defensive rating. And I expect that to continue here. And then when you look at the, the pieces they added, Spencer Dinwiddie, they added Montrez Harrell, Kyle, Kyle Kuzma. This team should be better offensively than they were last year. So I'm expecting them to score. And then when you look at the Raptors, obviously they struggled in the half court last season. But they're not going to have any problems scoring against this Wizards team. I think this total is way too low. So I'm going over. Okay, so... Right now, the majority of bets, we've got 68% of the bets in Sports Insights are on the over. 79% of the money, however, is on the under. Let me check the consensus on that using our tool. Same data there. Um, there's been a bunch of steam moves on the over, uh, but there was late, late tonight, there was a steam move on the under 219. So it looks like the Sharps are going to be coming in. There's more moves on the under than there are on the over here. So, um I can't argue there. I think my only concern is the the Warriors or the Wizards just have more competent defenders, right? Like Kuzma was pretty good last year. KCP is legitimately a good defender at this point. Mm-hmm. Beal, I don't think so. Um, Gafford, I actually didn't love how, like, I will say this in preseason, preseason, based off of preseason, I like this bet because the Wizards did not look good, in my opinion, on defense. Yeah. Um, maybe the only concern is, is the Raptors, I think, starting unit is going to, put up points even without Siakam, but they're shorthanded. Are you a little bit, no Siakam. So like, are you a little bit worried about that bench unit being able to carry it enough? Or are we going to have like a drought in that second quarter? I'm a little bit worried, but I just, I watched this, this Washington Wizards defense and it just was so bad. And I just can't, like, I can't escape that. And I think that's the, that's the, that's the problem with betting earlier in the season is that like a lot of times I'm, I'm basing it off of last year's numbers too. Yeah. Um, as we spoke about earlier, and I have to base a lot of the stuff on preseason. And, you know, a big part of our Warriors bet was basically what we saw in preseason in their offseason moves. So I think I kind of just got to trust my eyes on this one and kind of just hope for the best. I just I, I really don't trust this Wizards defense. And I think they're going to be able to score. They would like when you look at their defensive rate, they were 30th um, in the preseason. So I, I think, I think, I think it's, I mean, two, two eighteen, two nineteen is a low total in today's NBA. It is. It really is. Which is why, like, I'm trying to, you know, I'll say this, like, there's not a huge number of bets in on this relative to some of the other games, like, like Memphis, Cleveland in our system has uh, almost twice as many bets tracked. So like, no one's coming in on this game, which is probably why we're getting the 68% over 79% under split. Um, I could see that being the case. There was, um, there's been reverse line moves on the under consistently over the last day. This is okay. So this is what it looks like in, in sports insights. It definitely looks like they waited and it's starting to get hit over the last day. 
on the under. So I think that that's that's kind of telling. Like, I honestly wonder if I don't know. Like, it's interesting to ask. Like, it was two twenty. It opened. It's two eighteen. Do you? Uh, you're going to listen to this podcast. It may be lower in the morning when this podcast goes up. Um, at what number? Let's say it goes the other way, though. Let's say it goes up. What's the number that you don't think it's playable at? I don't think it's playable at. Let me see where I have it at. I have this at. Yeah, actually, it, the crazy thing is I have this total pegged at like 225 or so. Like I have it like really high. So, so at any number, it's going to be playable because it's not going to move that much over the next day. Yeah, so. like I just I just have this this total really high. So, all right. What's your second bet? My second bet is that I'm going with the Minnesota Timberwolves minus five and a half. This is not a model play for me. This is more of a just a fate of the Houston Rockets. I don't think this team is really good at all. And obviously you have. Jalen Green, you have Kevin Porter Jr. You got a bunch of young guys, but this is the team that I want to fade. And I think the Minnesota Timberwolves, they're on the way up with, with Finch as their head coach. So it's not really a model play for me. This is more of a I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and 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 try to take one of the teams that I feel like could possibly make the playoffs while fading a team that I feel like they're not gonna be able to really stop anybody this year. So I looked specifically for these kind of teams because when I started looking at, um, I was messing around in bet labs and like you said this on Twitter, you're not a huge trends guy. I think the best people at our company are the ones that use trends as either a supporting or contrasting view. Like if you're, if you, if you're really certain of a cap, but you look at it and you're like, the trend is really indicative on this one that weakens my position or how much I'm going to bet on it, whatever. Or if you're, if you're like, you know, it's just good to be like, look, they're good in the spot. Raybon does, I think really well uh, on the NFL pod with Stucky. So um, here's one for you. Uh, this sounds like a really specific number and I, I need to kind of explain it. So Opening night is one that I'm really interested in. Home openers, crowd back, right? Like first game of the season, home crowd. That's a game you usually win. You've got multiple days of prep for a team, which you do not have in the regular season because it's all about travel next game. You're just trying to survive and get through. But this first game, it's like having a bye week before. You have all this time to actually prep a little bit and practice going into a first game. you got fans back. That's a huge boost. Um, so – Home teams, and here's what I looked at. When you get down to, to sub 200 on the money line, it's basically a coin flip. It's too narrow. Mm-hmm. And when you get over 300, the value is gone because those teams are too much of a favorite, and now you're winding up in, in kind of uh, worrisome positions in terms of trying to cover big numbers or they're too big of a favorite, so your, return, your ROI is going to be poor. But between minus 300 and minus 200, I found this one since 2003, Raheem. Home openers, game one, money line between three minus 300, minus 200 favorites, 39 and 15 at 72 percent. Wow. Interesting. That's 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 a good trend. Wow. Now, like you can look at it and say like that, that minus 300 to minus 200 is arbitrary. Yeah. But for me, when I look at it, I just wind up I, I wind up looking at that and going, OK, but it kind of fits it where if there's such an edge, the book is going to price your money line out. Right. Like they're just going to price it out to where you can't get any good value on it. They're going to keep you away from parlays and everything with it. And if it's an actually close game where it can go either way, they're going to tighten that and narrow it and shorten it to where you're you're looking at it and you're like, well, I'm getting a plus. I'm getting a minus number, a short minus number. But the game's actually closer to a coin flip. It's closer to even. So based off of that logic and I don't know about sound, but that's where I'm at. 
And this Wolves game absolutely qualifies here. Like this line is absolutely based off of the idea of what the Wolves were last year, not based off of what we're projecting the Wolves to be this year. Wolves were my best bet for win total over this year. They were my number one best bet by the end of the season. They even surpassed the Jazz in terms of how much I bet on them. Um, This number is just too low. The Wolves under Chris Finch, I think, are much more organized. I think that this is a young team with the Rockets that's still going to struggle. Like, uh, think about it. The Rockets are going into this game with Christian Wood, Daniel Tice, and Alperin Shingun. Now, those are three pretty good players. None of those players are going to stand a chance against an engaged, empowered really ramped up Carl Anthony town. So I love like that kind of matchup. Um, additionally, I want to note this. You take that same subsect, right? Minus 300 to minus 200 and you make it the spread between seven and a half and five and a half, right? So you're not over, it's over a, a three point game, right? So you're not basically in the last game possession. It's in that free throw range, essentially seven and a half and five and a half. It's 26 and 18. It's 59%. Pretty good on that's against the spread. That's not just money line straight up. That's against the spread number right there. So I've got two indicators on that. I'm on the wolves. I've got the wolves in that round robin parlay. I was telling you about on the Mm -hmm. money line and I have the minus five and a half. Um, This one I'm, I'm in with you on the only Mm -hmm. way that this one, here's like what we have to be wrong on, on this one. We have to be wrong that the wolves are better. We have to be wrong that Chris Finch is going to have a positive impact. We have to be wrong that the rockets are inexperienced and going to struggle. And this is a rebuilding season. And we'd have to be wrong that home teams shoot the ball well in the opener and take care of business versus, especially versus bad teams and as a favorite in this spot. Like there's a lot of things we have to be wrong about in this cap in order for this bet to be wrong. Oh yeah, I agree. And I I think that's one of the things I like to do when you start off the season is that I think a lot of these numbers are softer on certain teams. And I think that's where you can actually get a decent edge because you're firing on teams before you have any idea. Like even tonight's Warriors game, like the the line, the opening line was like four and a half. And it kind of denotes that the Warriors weren't who me and you expected them to be, but who they were last year. So yeah, I think that's a way, a good way to get an edge. Uh, What's your third best bet? My third best bet. I, um, I initially wanted to go with the Indiana Pacers plus two. But right now there's some injury news that I'm waiting on, so I didn't really want to get into that. So that's a that's a wait and see, wait and see on Jeremy Lamb and who's going to be playing in that lineup. So I'm passing on that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a situational spot. I'm going to play the Miami Heat plus one and a half. We all saw the Milwaukee Bucks go out there and absolutely dominate and take the Brooklyn Nets into the deep waters and drown them. But in that game, they also lost Drew Holiday. They're still shorthanded. Bobby Portis is still out. They're missing a couple other guys. And they're playing a Miami Heat team in their home opener and their season opener. And this is a team that has added Kyle Lowry. They're a well-coached team. This is a team that lost to the Milwaukee Bucks and got swept at in the playoffs. So I think it's a good spot for the um, Miami Heat playing a Bucks team that's kind of banged up and shorthanded. So I'm going to play that. Oh, okay, so I've got this one based off of last year's numbers. I've got it at uh, Bucks minus uh, 2.8. So I'm getting like just about a point of value on this. Uh, not enough for me to play it on the road, home opener, shorthanded. I don't think I can go with Miami. Just I will say this, like the Bucks in that opener, if you were if you were going into the season with the idea, if you bet Bucks futures based off of the idea of they won the title and they're a different beast now, tonight was like, proof of concept yeah and like you don't want to overreact to that first game right and you actually probably want to underreact and that would would put more value on miami 
I am just kind of like, man, I don't think I want to bet against Giannis right now. Like yeah. he's just such a monster. He's just such a beast, but you are getting, I will say this. Not only did he have this retooled roster, you got PJ Tucker, obviously like another guy to throw at him and just take charges, which is obviously like a big key in slowing down. Giannis is picking up offensive fouls, but you also have Kyle Lowry, another charge machine, by the way, you have Kyle Lowry. So now you have like all of these guys who have beaten Giannis and the Bucks in the playoffs on one team. It's like a super anti Bucks team is what the heat kind of have yeah. built by adding Lowry. Um, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to follow you. I think I'm going to stay away from this one. I am mm-hmm. going to be on the lookout for this one. I think next week we need to like, it'll be a week removed. So mm-hmm. it'll feel like a million years away, but next week we need to go back to this one and like, look at this cap and see what the results were and like how we kind of evaluate it. Really Actually, I'm, I'm really curious to see where this line is going to go after yeah. tonight. Um, it's, it's one and a half now. Actually, I think there's one book that actually has Miami as a favorite. Ooh. So, yeah, like so I think that's that's really interesting for me. So I just I want to see where this line goes, because it's not so much. And I, I, I want to stress this to people. It's not so much that you're playing the Bucks versus the Heat. You're playing the Miami Heat versus a shorthanded Bucks team yeah. that's coming off a blowout win. Yeah. And you're playing that situation more so than you're playing the two teams. And I think this is going to be a situation that's kind of kind of it's, it's lining up. How long do we think Portis is out? I haven't I haven't like really heard anything. I think that's the that's the thing. Like I'm You know what? I'll say this. He's got a hamstring. I'll say that he's a, he's unlikely to play. Drew Holiday injured that heel. That's the other thing, right? It's like if they're without it, they got to be cautious. If they're without Portis, DiVincenzo, and Drew and Ojale. Yeah, then then that line's going to move like this will be pick them or heat by the time that Thursday. Gets. Yeah, like there's there's literally one book. There's one book right now who has Miami Heat minus one, and everybody else is sitting at um, Bucks minus one and a half or one. So and I you think- never. And I'll say this: like you, we, we, this is also a really advantageous spot. You never get get look ahead lines like this in the NBA. We're yeah. only getting this because it's the first week. And I, so. I think I think you got an advantage if you're playing the Miami Heat plus one and a half. I think this this will this will break through. This okay, let's say that after the Drew move, uh, after the Drew news, this gets hit overnight and it moves. What number are you comfortable? Like what what's a stay away point if Miami gets favored? Is it two? Three? Yeah, I think at two, I'm staying away. I mean, at, at minus one, I'm not too mad at it. I think at, at two, I, I got to stay away. Okay. All right. Uh, can I have one more? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. All right. Uh, my last one, um, just to throw this on there, uh, I bet Sixers when this line came out over the summer versus the Pelicans, mm-hmm. I thought it was ridiculous. I was like, wait, wait, wait. The Sixers are one and a half point favorites versus the Pelicans the Pelicans. And then the, the Zion news came out and it didn't move. So I bet it again. And then it's like, finally it was like, all right, he's not going to be back for the opener because Griffin was so vague and acted like he was going to be back for the regular season opener. So they kept it up at one and a half. And then it came out that he's not going to play. So the Sixers moved to three and it moved even higher than that. It moved to four and a half this week. And then, and then here's the thing. All of the nonsense with Ben Simmons happened at practice. And so it moved all the way back down now to three. And so I got at one and a half and I'm set. Like my position is good at one and a half. I don't need any more on this game, but I'm sorry. Even without Ben Simmons, the Sixers with Joel Embiid playing and everyone else healthy versus a Pelicans team without Zion Williamson 
even on the road in the home opener should be more than a three point favorite. Like yeah. this has to be more than like Raheem. I looked at last year's numbers. And I don't know if you've got them on yours right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mine based off of last year's figures. And I get Simmons as part of this, but based off of last year's full season numbers, I've got this nine and a half. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I actually have a 4.85. Okay. But so, I mean, obviously that, that includes Zion. And so it's just, so like it, your number is like a lot more in line with this. Yeah. Like mine is, mine is 4.8. So it's basically saying that Ben Simmons is worth about a point, but it, it still doesn't make sense to me because there's no Zion. So I do think it should probably be around, or the line should probably be around five. So you're getting two points of value. Is that enough to bet it? <sighs> I like actually, I was actually thinking about this game. Is like this was this was one I was like thinking about choosing. And actually, there's a two and a half in the market right now. So I think at two and a half, I'm willing to take it. At three, uh, I kind of want to. At three and a half, I'm not and sure. Half, play the two and a half, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely played the two and a half. <laughs> All right. Um, a question I wanted to ask you is that you said you had a money line parlay. Did you have a rock, round robin parlay? Did you have the Bulls in that parlay? I'm gonna be on the Bulls. I'll say that right now. Okay, because I I figured that's that's a that's a popular parlay. Like no, the one I'm actually on is it's Phoenix, Portland, Minnesota. Okay, those are the three because those fit into those categories. I got the Blazers versus the Kings that just had that Marvin Bagley flare up tonight, so that's even better for me. Uh, Portland's only minus two hundred, which in mm-hmm. a parlay that's that's pretty good. I got you know I'm getting a good number on that, and then. Uh, Phoenix, I wrote the preview for this with the with the the Nuggets. The Nuggets have not looked good. The Suns fill these categories. The Nuggets are like they do not. Aiden like Jokic has issues with Aiden. The Suns bench is way better. Like this is a bad matchup without Jamal Murray for the Nuggets. And I think Suns home opener. I think they're going to put on like a Bucks type performance and they're going to they're going to outpace them. So like I just don't think that the, I, I think the Nuggets are going to start slow uh, for a number of reasons. You know, I really like this one, and it, 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 I questioned if it was just priced properly because we all saw what the, the Suns did to the Nuggets in the playoffs, and I actually have this line around four and a half. Mm-hmm. And at six, I was just like, you know what? Is this just? Are they making me pay an extra point and a half? Yeah, I think I think it's. I don't think there's awesome value at six. I'll say that. Yeah, I and that's, that's how I felt about it. It's just like I, I feel like the Suns. The Suns are going to win this game. Yeah, but it's just like. I feel like I'm paying a premium for it. That's why I'm on that money line. That's why I'm, yeah. that's why I'm on that money line round robin. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. And I will lament how dumb I am next week on this episode. Uh, that'll wrap it up for Buckets. Thanks for joining us. You can follow Raheem Palmer in the Action Network app to check all of his picks. You can follow him on Twitter at, at DJRDZA. You can follow me in the twi- in, on Twitter at HP Basketball. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us those five-star reviews. Please tell a friend about Buckets. Let's get this podcast going. Very excited for the start of the season. We'll be back on Friday with our Friday happy hour episode with Brandon Anderson. Until then, thanks for joining us on Buckets.